Hey everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have the second part of the interview between Ed Milet and Erwin McManus. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, you know, just the word confidence, it's just a construct of two words, it means with faith. And so confidence means with faith. And what I, th I think sometimes people forget is that every human being lives with some dynamic of faith. That, that fear is the negative side of faith. And so fear is projecting into the future a worst case scenario. And faith is projecting into the future a best case scenario. And it's just like with hope, you're talking about earlier about depression. So let's work our way up yeah. to confidence in okay. the business environment. Uh, we get depressed because we lose hope. Now, one of the interesting things about hope, because I, I love like studying how things exist in, the, in our internal universe. Hope cannot exist in the past. When your hope is in the past, it's called regret. Hope can't actually even exist in the present. And that's, that's actually accomplishment. So for something to actually give you hope, it has to exist in the future. In fact, um, Paul writes that when something is a source of hope, once you attained it, it's no longer a source of hope. That's why people who are single think, oh, when I get married, I won't be lonely. When I get married, I'll finally be happy. When I get married, it's all gonna come together. Then you get married. Well, the idea of marriage was a source of hope, but once you're married, it's no longer your source of hope. Now it's, true, it's a though. reality. Yeah. And so your hope always has to be in the future. So what that tells me is that humans are designed to be connected to the future, which makes us different than every other species that exists. And so then when our future seems inaccessible, mm -hmm. When we no longer, we can create this better idea of who we can be or a better idea of our life or a better idea of our world, we move to despair. The reason you have confidence is that you've even, maybe even unconsciously, accepted your role as a creator. Now, when I first talked about humans being creators, Christians got really nervous. Right. Saying, no, only God's a creator. Said, no, no, God is the one who is the instigator of all creation. But he made you in his image, so he made you a creator. And the way I can know this is that you've been given an imagination. You've been imagined to imagine and you're created to create. You are both a work of art and an artist at work. And once as a human being you realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm part of being human. Ants create colonies, bees create hives, humans create futures. And one of the unique design mechanisms of humans is that we create futures without even knowing it. Like silkworms will wake up in the morning and go, am I gonna make a cotton poly blend or am I gonna make silk, you know? Right. You know? Right. And uh, I mean, <laughs> sheep, they only make wool. They just, they, they never make linen. And uh, <laughs> humans can't create pasts. All humans can do is create futures. But a lot of people live with a victimized mentality and say that their life is happening to them. Yes. That their circumstances are more powerful than their inner world. And one of the differences about with you, Ed, is that you understand that your choices create I, I used to have on our wall in our house, the most spiritual activity you will ever engage in is to choose. I would ask people, what's the most spiritual thing the you can do? The most spiritual activity you can do is to choose. Yeah, because what's the most spiritual thing you can think of? Oh, to pray. Yeah. 
or to read the Bible, or to meditate, or to go to church, go to mass, or, or to meditate. And I go, all of those have a precursor. You don't pray until you choose to pray. You don't meditate until you choose to meditate. You don't go to church until you choose to go to church. You don't, you don't give generously until you choose to give generously. Every spiritual activity has this one thing in common. You have to choose it. What makes humans different than every other species is the power to choose and in those choices to create. Mm. Our superpower is that we can materialize the invisible. So I, I heard years ago, you ever hear things that you think is in the Bible and you realize it's not in the Bible? Yes. yes, you know? yes. So one of those is that God created everything out of nothing. Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, okay, that's what makes God different, right? He created everything out of nothing. But that's actually not what the Bible says. It says, the Bible actually says that God created everything that is seen out of that which is unseen. Now go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Something that's unseen is different than something that doesn't exist. Because oxygen, the atmosphere is unseen, but it, it exists. exists. And if it didn't exist, we would suffocate. So the, the existence of our lives is a proof of this unseen element. And so our scientists explored for this invisible reality called oxygen because of the effect it has on our, because we can inhale and exhale. And so it was the effect that made us search for the cause. And so then when the Bible says that all that is seen came out of the unseen, I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. If God created out of the unseen, what was the unseen? It was the imagination of God. So God created out of his imagination, out of his dreams. He imagined the universe and then spoke into existence. He imagined this planet with this perfect environment for life and then spoke into existence. And I'm going, wow. This is one of the things that translates to us. Yes. We actually imagine and create. We're the only species on this planet that can imagine something that does not exist and then create it. Yes. And that's what makes us unique as a species now when a human being is not living up to their intention. They're not creating. Oh, gosh, that's good. And, and so then we're now the victim of what others are creating. Hmm. See, this is the powerful thing about Ed Milet. Thank All you. Right? Okay. You may not... People may not realize this, but we're living inside of someone's imagination. Now, you probably didn't design this house, and it's beautiful, by the way. Thank you. But when you saw it, you thought, oh, I love this house. Yes. And you might even thought, this is the house I imagined. Yes. But it's the house someone else imagined. Yeah. Every time you walk into this door, yes. you're walking to someone else's imagination. That's so true. When we live in this amazing country with all of its problems and all of its shortcomings, we're living in the imagination of Jefferson and Washington. We're living in the imagination of Lincoln. The fact that even while we're working through racial equality and dealing with issues of social injustice, we are still living inside of the imagination of Lincoln ending slavery. Yep. We're living inside of the imagination of Martin Luther King Jr. When he said, I have a dream, I, I dream of a day where a man will be judged by the content of his character, not the color of his skin. When Barack Obama took the oath of office and became the president of the United States, he was literally walking inside of the imagination of MLK Jr. We are all living inside of someone's imagination. But the question then is, are we creating a better future for those that are walking in our imagination? Because Adolf Hitler had an imagination that became a nightmare to the world. There are others who imagine a world that is a nightmare for everyone else. And this is what drove me crazy about Christianity when I first became a follower of Jesus. Christians were so passive. They kept saying things like, oh, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. I'm going, where'd you find that in the Bible? Like, you know, oh, you know, it, wasn't, it just wasn't God's will. I would go to events where no one showed up and people said, well, everyone God wanted was here. 
So I don't think so. I think you're a terrible marketer and you did a terrible job planning this event. I think God's really embarrassed that you put his name on it. And, 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 and I began realizing that Christians have this passive view of the future. Oh no, God's the only one that can create the future. They're going, no. See, evil men do not wait on God to give them permission to create the future they imagine. But for far too long, good people have been passively waiting for God to create the future. You know how God creates the future? Through you. He gets the future through me, he creates the future through us. And one of the things that really attracts me and draws me to you is that you are creating a future for other people that they cannot yet imagine. You've, you've compelled other people to believe they can be successful, that they can own a home, that they can have a career, that they can own their own business, that they can create a better world, not just for themselves, but for others. And every time we translate the power of that imagination into the creative force of creating a future, we've made the world a better place. Okay, I have to just, I have to tell you, I've been doing the show for a long time. I, I no disrespect to any other guest. That's probably my favorite 10 minutes. If we could go back and do that again, I'm gonna tell you why for a few minutes. First off, you're amazing. But I have a word of the year. Every year I, I pray for a word of the year. My word this year has been imagination. Oh, wow. And so um, I, I'm a, such a huge believer in what you've just described. And by the way, thank you for those kind words. I feel the same way about you. Um, you also give people the strength and the courage and the faith to chase that. I think one of my, most of my friends, my dearest friends, I, you know, some are financially successful, some aren't. Some are, they have, they're successful in the sense that um, I love people that are curious. I love people that have imaginations. I also respect people who have the faith and the courage, the strength to step into their imagination and do something about it. And that's what you're just really describing right now. I, I, your dreams, everybody, your visions that you have, these are not hallucinations. These are not jokes God's playing on you. These are glimpses into what's possible in your life if you'll step into it boldly, if you'll be resilient, if Absolutely. you'll be tough, if you'll find the resources, if you'll pray about it, if you'll speak about it and put it out into the world. There's blessings coming your way, maybe not necessarily, to your point, it wasn't God's will, or it may not be your time right. every single time, but there's a blessing. And I have to tell you, it's so, do you think that that's why, because a lot of you may not know this about Irwin, but first off, he's written so many amazing books. There's another one that's going to be coming out this fall. What's the one this fall called? It's so called could, The Genius of Jesus. The Genius, and what's the premise of that book? I mean, I understand that genius is of Jesus, but oh, I, I imagine I, it's brought something to do with human beings too. Yeah, I spent 40 years studying genius and 40 years following Jesus. And I realized there was a, an intersection that, that was unexpected for me because every list in the world I ever found about geniuses never had Jesus on the list. He's not on a single list I've ever found in the world. And I thought, it's so odd that Muhammad's on lists, Gandhi's on lists, Buddha's on lists, Mandela's on lists, but Jesus never made a list. So I, I started wondering if I remove all the divinity from Jesus, does he qualify as a, Jesus, as a genius? And, and ironically, the original concept of genius, which came from the Greeks, is, is genie, that you're touched by the divine. And so the original definition of a genius is a touch of the divine. It's Mozart, it's Beethoven, it's Picasso, it's Hawking, it's like, it's Michael Jordan. Right. <laughs> you yep. know, it's a touch of the divine. And, and I started wondering if genius is, in a sense, a small window into the extraordinary nature of God and the potential of humans, yes. then the genius of Jesus would be in, in his living out what it means to be human. And, and I wanted to search for genius that was transferable. Because if I 
spent my life with Mozart, I'm not going to come out a musician. Yeah. If I spent my life with Picasso, I'm not going to be a painter. But here's an interesting thing. Uh, a study was done in the 60s uh, using technology, methodology used with NASA. Okay. And they were identifying creativity, high-level creativity genius. Okay. The study found that uh, when they translated to children, that 98% of children at the age of five came out as geniuses. Mm. They tracked those children for the next decade. By around the age of 12, only 30% of them were still geniuses. By the age of 20, only 2% were still geniuses. And so what you find is that human creativity, human genius, is intrinsic to being human. Yes. It's natural to who we are. Genius has to be destroyed. Yeah. It doesn't have to, in a sense, be developed. It's, in, it's natural to us. Mm. And creativity, every human being is creative, but we die so uncreative. Every human being is extraordinary, but we die ordinary. And so in the genius of Jesus, what I try to extricate is the genius that Jesus actually emulates, that he expresses, that he reveals to us, that is available to every single human being. And because I, I want a world where everyone is living out their creativity, where everyone is, is seeing their imagination translated into reality as the, as the most beautiful future. I want a world where everyone's genius is awakened. And I believe in that. That was Erwin McManus, interviewed by Ed Milet, and you can find that on YouTube if you search under Is God For Me? Relationship Versus Religion with Erwin McManus. And again, that's on the Ed Milet Show. You can also find out more information about Erwin at his church's website, which is mosaic.org. And you can find out more information about Ed Milet at edmilet.com. I encourage you to check them both out. And I hope that you have a fabulous day today and that you know that God is for you and that you can live a 320 life more than you can imagine. God bless. Mm -hmm.